Doc Talk is brought to you by Merck Animal Health. By integrating the comprehensive animal health product portfolio of Merck Animal Health with the innovative technologies of all flex livestock intelligence, we are shaping the future of animal health, resulting in more effective solutions and healthier animals. Hey folks, welcome to Doc Talk. We're gonna have a great show today. Our guest is Dr. Dan Loy. We're gonna talk about liver abscesses, cattle feeding, and, and much more. Stay tuned and enjoy the show. Hey folks, welcome to Doc Talk. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson and we're here at Iowa State University where I'm joined by a friend and colleague, Dr. Dan Loy. And Dr. Loy is a professor of ruminant nutrition, growth physiology, feedlot, cattle, uh, and also the director of the Iowa Beef Center uh, here at Iowa State University in the Department of Animal Science. And uh, it's good to get you here. It's good to be here. It's, uh, Dr. Loy is one of those that has uh, uh, had patience with me um, at times, and, uh, uh, but also been somebody that's encouraged me uh, throughout my career and, and uh, very thankful for all that you've done. And uh, let's talk about liver abscesses because it's something we deal with and battle uh, all the time. Yeah, so liver abscesses are, are kind of a uh, constant factor in the feed yard industry. They're actually a symptom of of various other potential problems that are out there. But you know, one thing that people don't talk a lot about, we talk about the negative effect on performance and cost of production, but livers are valuable. I mean, they're yeah. part of the value of the carcass and when they get condemned, that decreases the, the value of the carcass and affects the whole value chain. Yeah, I, and you know, I was, I was reading that, you know, roughly, what, 18% uh, of the livers have liver abscesses and. And that's a pretty big chunk, and that can fluctuate a lot. That can fluctuate a lot. I think there's some regional differences. There's there's some some you know you may you see between 10 and 20 percent where they've been for some time. Uh, there's also some differences on the type of cattle that you, we're seeing some uh, particular issues with some of the dairy crosses right oh, now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so why do we get a liver abscess? Well, liver abscesses are kind of a secondary. Um, factor that happens after a drop in rumen pH. Okay. And so, so you know, we usually define acidosis as something below a pH of five or subacute acidosis less than 5.5, but it's really not, I mean, normal healthy cattle, their pH may drop below five, but it's the period of time they're below five and how rapidly it drops below five. And uh, after a period of time, um, that low pH uh, eats away at the rumen wall yep. and makes it susceptible to uh, uh, specific bacteria that uh, parks itself in the liver and can cause liver abscesses. Yeah, and I think that you, well, you need to know, regardless of where you're at in the digestive tract, everything flows to the liver. Everything flows to the liver, and, and I think you told me it's the same uh, microorganism that causes foot rot, is that correct? It is, foot rot calf diphtheria and yeah. liver abscesses, fusobacterium Fusobacterium, yeah. yeah, causes it. So it's it's obviously in the manure, right? which we know how the manure gets there from going through the digestive tract. So cattle carry it worldwide. It's, it's, a, it's a huge issue. Right, so it's in the environment and the conditions have to be right for it to uh, find its way through the portal vein to the liver. Yep, and then you start to think about things like during the winter when we start to get some mud carriage yeah. and cattle love to groom themselves and each other. 
and so they start nibbling on that that's that's not mud right right and they start helping groom each other and, and it just continuous cycle and it, yeah exactly yeah so um, we're gonna take a break when we come back with Dr. Lloyd, we're going to talk about some of the things that, that liver abscesses can do to performance, potentially health, carcass, uh, and uh, how to prevent them here in the show. Glad to have you here. Glad that you're watching. We'll be right back. Hey folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. Dr. Dan Thompson here with Dr. Dan Loy. We're in Kildee Hall where we're shooting this here on the campus of Iowa State University where Dr. Loy and I both serve as faculty members. Uh, Dr. Loy is a professor of, of ruminant nutrition and growth physiology and he is the director of the Iowa Beef Center. And uh, if you wanna know who has the thumb on the pulse of the beef industry in the state of Iowa and surrounding regions, it's it's this guy right here. and. Um, pleased to have you. Let's let's talk a little bit about because liver abscesses, uh, not one size fits all, there, there's different types, right? Yeah, there's a scoring system, um, an A, you know, A minus, A and A plus, that just goes from severity. So if you see just a few abscesses, that might be an A or an A minus, uh, but if you get large, um, severe abscesses, that would be uh, considered an A plus score. Yeah, and I am, almost sure that veterinarians came up with this scoring system <laughs> because it's letters with pluses and minuses and they never intended running statistics <laughs> on any of it, okay? <laughs> Instead of having one, two, three, right. um, here we go, right? Exactly. But, uh, but yeah, you're right. That, you know, when you see an A minus, it's a little bitty one. Mm -hmm. uh, a is bigger ones and more prevalent, but those A pluses are FUBAR. Right, right, exactly. As we increase in severity, is there a difference in the impact that the liver abscesses have? Yes, well, yeah, I guess the first thing I'd say is that even the, even the lower scores, the less severe ones, are likely to be condemned at the packing plant. Oh, yeah. So that, that's yeah. a value. But uh, the, the real problem are the A pluses. That, those are the ones that severely reduce performance in the feedlot. On one study we did, we saw carcass weights as much as 50 pounds less. Uh, and so, so that, uh, that's a significant negative impact on, on cost of production, performance, and, and enough to make it a real economic issue if you get, especially if you get into that 20, 30, and you know, occasionally we'll have pens that are 50, 70% liver abscesses, and that's a, that's a real negative, uh, negative effect. Huge. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and then I'm gonna guess if you have lighter carcasses, it probably winds up being more detrimental to, to quality grade. Yeah, negative well. effects on uh, quality grade as well. Interestingly, uh, if you look at what causes, when we talked about that, what causes um, liver abscesses, it usually means that you have a little lower pH. It means you're probably feeding a little hotter ration. And so those kind of intermediate or low scores and some studies actually have better performance because it, it's it's correlated to the types of diets that they're being fed. Diets and intake. And intake, and exactly. So we get the intake, we get the lower pHs, and here we here we go. Um, as as we as we look across the continuum, you know, we talked about uh, beef on dairy cross calves mm -hmm. having a little higher prevalence of the 
but but they can also have more severity too. Yes, there's you know of course there's a lot of variation there. You know some some pens on beef on dairy that have minimum, but if you just look at the overall statistics, they they tend to be higher. And on those really severe cases, a lot of times it's from those particular pens. A lot a lot of reasons that have been implicated or talked about for that. One's the way they're fed, having higher grain diets throughout their life. Uh, there's been some that would suggest that they do a little more grooming and <laughs> among yeah. each other that may uh, some bad be, habits. be implicated as well. Yeah, and uh, I just loved when Orskov noted that sheep did not get liver abscesses mm -hmm. and he fed cattle hair to sheep and they and got created, liver abscesses. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, we've tried to replicate some of that in the winter with longer hair coats and grooming but uh, mm -hmm. haven't got it to work, but there's something potentially there. When we come back, we're gonna talk with Dr. Loy about some of the things we can do management-wise to, to prevent liver abscesses. You're watching Doc Talk, and we're glad you joined us. Hey folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. Dr. Dan Thompson here with Dr. Dan Loy. We're at Iowa State University, and Dr. Loy is a professor of ruminant nutrition. He is the director of the Iowa Beef Center and um, a mentor for me in my career. And, and uh, we even did similar research in our we did. graduate yeah. school days. And, and uh, so I got very uh, involved in reading your literature before I ever got a chance to meet you. Um, but uh, when we talk about liver abscesses and, and prevention, you know, we automatically go, we, you know, I heard one person tell me, well, you don't see liver abscesses in a cow out on the pasture. And, and so, but I have seen liver abscess wrecks on some really rich grass in New Zealand. Mm -hmm. So, so it can happen, it but, can, but yeah. at the end of the day, we're really talking about grain and, and roughage. Right. right. Yeah. And so diet's a, a big factor and, and the management of the diet. So, yeah. you know, anything we do to manage acidosis, control acidosis, uh, is effective in terms of preventing, uh, preventing liver abscesses, you know, roughage level, and type is important. If you have enough effective fiber, uh, that buffers the pH in the rumen. It keeps the rumen a wall. Um, you know, that tactile stimulation stimulates the rumen. Having a good, healthy rumen wall uh, can help prevent liver abscesses. So, th so that's one, one factor. Uh, another factor is the level of grain and yeah. the amount of grain processing. Oh, sure. You know, as we go from whole corn to dry rolled corn to finely ground corn, we'll see a more rapid decrease in rumen pH, which contributes to more potential uh, liver abscesses. Um, in addition to that, you know, some regions feed a lot more steam flake corn. And, um, you know, while that improves feed conversion significantly, it also contributes to the likelihood of more liver abscesses. Yeah, and I think that, I think you hit on some good topics. It's, it's, it's roughage level and source. It's right. grain level and, and, and processing. And feed bunk management. Absolutely. You know, not only is it the diet itself, but it's how you, you manage that, that diet in terms of, of uh, trying to keep a consistent feed intake. And so having a good program relative to feed bunk management is critically important. Uh, yeah, so, and, and the, the relative importance of that feed bunk management is amplified as you decrease roughage and, and increase processed grain in the diet. 100%. Um, it, um, you know, you can, like you say, you can feed uh, 
a low risk diet, but if it's fed in a way that those cattle are gonna have cyclical intake, they're gonna feast in famine, you can create acidosis and, and that can contribute to uh, liver abscesses. Yeah, and I, and, and I would concur that when I see uh, acidosis issues, it's generally weather, yeah. feed delivery, some of these types right. of things that, that we haven't put a windbreak up and, and you wouldn't think that a windbreak would affect acidosis or liver abscesses, but if those cattle go bunch, get really hungry, and the, the more aggressive ones charge the bunk, here we go. No question. Um, any, anything that you can do to keep a consistent daily intake, and uh, you know, their environment's important. Um, it's, uh, you know, keeping the cattle comfortable, dry, and during muddy periods that we happen to have a few from time to time here in <laughs> Iowa. Um, all of that contributes to that. But, you know, some systematic management program to try to keep that intake consistent through feed bunk management is, is one approach. And I think that you've the one that said what we have on paper versus what we uh, put in the what we buy as commodities and what we put in the mixer and what we put in the bunk. Yeah, the four rations. Yeah. The one that's formulated, <laughs> the one that goes into the the mixer wagon and what's actually delivered to the cattle and then what they eat. You know, it's great information. When we come back, we're going to talk about some feed additives to help prevent liver abscesses. You're watching Doc Talk and we're glad you joined us. Hey folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. I'm here with Dr. Dan Loy. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson. We're at Iowa State University uh, in the Department of Animal Science where a lot of ruminant nutrition firsts and, and physiology and reproduction and genetics, just a lot of history here. A lot of history here. Um, you know, with the, uh, in, in our area, the yeah. ruminant nutrition, Dr. Wise Burroughs, you know, he's probably most famous for bringing the first growth promotant to, to the beef industry. At that time, it was stilbestrol. But beyond that, you know, he developed the metabolizable protein system. Uh, he did some of the first in vitro um, evaluations of feed stuff. So <laughs> a lot of pioneering work. It's great. And so uh, Dr. Loy is the director of the Iowa Beef Center, and he's a professor here uh, in, in ruminant nutrition and, and physiology. Let's talk about some of the feed additives. You know, the, there's ionophores and there's there's antibiotics, but for the most part, rumensin and tylen are right. what were used. Right. Uh, well, let's talk about the ionophores first. Yep. Um, you know, we, we the last segment we talked about diet and managing uh, feed bunk management and that type of thing. The ionophores, like rumensin, for example, they change the feeding behavior of the animals, and so they eat more frequent, smaller meals. And when we talked about rumen pH, that, you know, then the pH doesn't drop as far and as quick as quickly. And so they do, you know, they help control acidosis, help control bloat, and all of that can be translated to uh, reduce liver abscesses. I go back to that paper that Rick Stock mm -hmm. did where he looked at the CVs of intakes on right. rumensin versus non-rumensin, and we just have a lot more up and down with without it. We do, we do. So that's one tool in the toolbox. I mean, the feed additive that uh, is, you know, kind of the, the standard that's actually fed just for reducing liver abscesses is Tylen. Yep. And Tylen will reduce liver abscesses 50 to 70%. Um, and so uh, most of the, a lot of the industry um, where liver abscesses are, are likely to occur or of higher risk, uh, that will be 
kind of the standard that they'll use to um, to reduce the you know the incidence. Yep, and we'll feed Thailand at you know eight to ten uh, grams per ton mm -hmm. or sixty to ninety milligrams per head per day um, to reduce that. And and I can tell you that when we've done you know when we look at natural cattle, when people mm -hmm. tried to feed cattle the same roughage and same uh, processed grain in a in a steer that's not fed rumensin or tylen we have can have some deleterious effects we we can have some very high incidence of liver abscesses in in that case you know if unless we manage you know change our grain processing or feed higher levels of roughage and try to manage that acidosis in other ways uh, that can continue to be a problem and you know antibiotics are under scrutiny so there's a, a lot of search research wise for alternatives right now among universities and companies and so that's kind of the search that's going on among a lot of people right now and i'll just put a plug in we did research on different liver abscess vaccines and really we haven't found one that no can break through uh and and protect like like what we're talking about no but a lot of research effort going on right now but uh, to to this date, you know, the most effective strategy is is low low uh, da daily feeding of antibiotics. Yep, yep. So if we want to prevent them, roughage, grain processing, consistent intakes, uh, and then we have our 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 tools such as Remensen and Thailand that help us uh, with profitability and things of that nature as well. That's exactly right. Yep. Well, appreciate you taking time out and being on the show. Yeah, happy to be here. Folks, thanks for watching Doc Talk. Remember, if you want to know more about what we do, you can find us on the web at www.doctalktv.com. Always work with your local veterinarian and nutritionist. Uh, with Dr. Dan Loy, I'm Dr. Dan Thompson, and we'll see you down the road. Doc Talk is brought to you by Merck Animal Health. By integrating the comprehensive animal health product portfolio of Merck Animal Health with the innovative technologies of all-flex livestock intelligence, we are shaping the future of animal health, resulting in more effective solutions and healthier animals. Stressors that trigger bovine respiratory disease are all around. So when you spot BRD in your herd, turn to Suprevo, the fast that lasts. Suprevo is rapidly absorbed in as little as 45 minutes and lasts up to 28 days. Because in the race against BRD, you need to win. Ready, set, Suprevo. In case of human injection, seek immediate medical advice for use in beef and non-lactating dairy cattle only. For prescribing information, talk to your veterinarian or visit Zuprevo.com. Valley Vet Supply sees the hard work and effort of you and your animals to achieve your goal of being a champion. And we're here to help along the way. To the cowboys and cowgirls, to the dreamers, we see you.